1: Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. Uh, today's episode, I just want to thank my sweet, sweet friend, Lydia Tate, who is a good friend of mine and a, um, a supporter for anybody in recovery. So Lydia has sponsored this episode, so I'm very, very grateful to her. Today, we have Miss Rachel on the show today. And Rachel, I came across your, you have a recovery page on the social media uh, platform of facebook and it's called what is your page called addict, addict. with addict with purpose addict with purpose i love it love it love it and of course the the name kind of caught my eye with with you know the the show being uh purpose-driven sobriety because i think that i think that once we once we cross a line from our you know our active addiction into recovery we have a purpose you know, and and if we if we're using it properly, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. I think for recovery is, you know, uh, finding that purpose. So here on the show, what we do is, girl, we just we just talk about it. I mean, you know the, and I'm seeing it. Boy, this week has been a hard week for me. Um, it, you know, dealing with a friend that had a relapse that was, um, brutal, and um, just the shame, man, just the shame just beat her into. Just, it was just awful, 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 awful. So I'm just about, you know, bringing everything out into the light, you know? So what we do is we just come on and we talk about what it was like, what happened and what we're like now. And, and, you know, you and I had a brief conversation last week and, and, um, I love, you know, I don't, I never want to hear the whole story before I have you on because I want it to be new to me as well, but girl, you've been through some stuff and you, and adventures and, and, uh, you're living in Nashville right now, right? Yeah. I live in
0: Nashville. We just like, it was this really cool, I'm working on my like spirituality and really connecting with God. And I did this crazy thing. Um, I'd hit five years last year and I do a lot of work in the community. Can I share this part? It's, it's, it's weird. Of course. Um, so I, I was really invested in the community where I was the most sick at and doing harm reduction and out, you know, helping people get into treatment and in the trenches, boots on the ground. And, and I was trying so hard to put my past behind me and like recreate new memories. So like that every corner wasn't the corner I got high on. Now it was the corner I was doing good things on, but I just couldn't get out of it. And, and I had said, you know, I told myself a goal I had is if I ever had X amount of money, I was just going to get up and leave and get out of this place that I was so sick in. And the money was there. I finally had saved up enough and the money was there. So I prayed and I was like, God, if I'm supposed to leave and there's an, if there's somewhere else I'm supposed to be, show me the way. And (laughs) I moved to New York, literally like I'm from New York, moved back in This time last year, we moved back to New York, and then all of a sudden, I ended up in Nashville last August, and I've been here for, I don't know, I guess that's about nine months now, and it's been the most-
1: and if it just looking at it, you're going, okay, God, what are you, what do you, I mean, I'm along for the ride and I'm there, but what are you doing here? I mean, this is, yeah. that's part of the adventure. Well, take me, take me back to the days. We've got to go back into the dark to, to talk about coming out of it. And so t- tell me what, what was, no, what was your drug of choice? Just because I, you know, I think mind altering is mind altering is mind altering. I think it, we, we get. Um, you know, it, it drives me nuts when someone, uh, sits in the rooms of, uh, of a of recovery room and, and says, you know, I've, I've been sober for, for this amount of time. You know, I just smoke weed now. And it's like, oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> you know, you, you yeah, you no. can't, can't, can't do that when we're trying to be in recovery. But, but, um, anyway, so t- tell me about those days. Take me back there, sister. Yeah.
0: Well, so I'm an alcoholic of the worst type and I, and I say that because I'm the kind of alcoholic who... Once I get a drink in me, and this is trial and error, I've learned, you know, I tried to be that person who got in recovery and who could just drink
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: have just one, but one drink brings me to, to drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't have one drink. Well, I can have one drink, but every time I have a drink, I go on a 30 day meth bender. Um, and I started drinking at a very young age, junior high school. Um, where were you raised? Where
1: were you raised?
0: I was raised, so I was raised in New York okay. until I was 11, and then mm. we moved to Utah. So from New York to Utah, wow. city girl, Queens girl, like I was Fran Drescher, like, I need some water, I need a quarter, where's the dog, ma, oh, Wow. Ma, ma, where's the dog, give me, you got I, love coffee, I love to, it. I love it. Utah didn't like me. I was going to say, um, yeah, that
1: probably didn't, yeah, gosh, and you were 11.
0: Yeah, and oh, it was man. the late 80s. Yeah, late, the end of the 80s, and so we were different. It was a culture shock. I know now as an adult that everybody just thought I talked really cool, right? and that's why they were laughing, but but everybody just laughed at me, and I couldn't find friends, and the only friends I could find were the other misfits that came, and, you know, so I started drinking at a young age. I was a high school, a teenage runaway. Um, alcohol and pot were my biggest vices in my adolescent teenage years, but that didn't discriminate as soon as I, I moved to LA when I graduated high school. And then I learned how to really party.
1: Oh, wow. Um, and then, now, do you have siblings? Um, Did you have, do you have, siblings? I do,
0: I have, I have a twin sister. Um, oh, wow! I have another sister who was born and raised in a wheelchair with spina bifida. Oh, you me. know, she's the only one who never out of all my sisters never really just got it. Well, my sister in the wheelchair never got into drugs and alcohol. She could totally drink two shots of Jack Daniels and and never go further than that. Well, that's just um, weird. Never tried drugs. <laughs> yeah, my other sister, my twin, she drinks. Um, functioning, functioning alcoholic, I'd call her. And <sighs> she'd probably get mad at me for even saying that. Uh, my dad, he just re. Celebrated 32 years in recovery. Oh, congratulations! she has been a part of my whole life. Wow! Um, literally, like campvention all throughout my teenage years. Wow! Um, my older sister still battling. She's she's having a good year right now. She lives in Texas. Um, I guess Fredericksburg, right in the middle. Oh, really? That's not um, too
1: far. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So she's doing really good right now. I think she's got maybe a year, year oh. and a half, but she had eight years before and she's been battling my whole entire life. Right. So like the battle of addiction doesn't discriminate in my family. And I'm very, I've been aware of it for a long time.
1: Roots run deep, um, huh? Yeah. And
0: yeah. it does. And so cocaine became the love of my life in my early twenties. And here again, why I'm the alcoholic of the worst kind, cause I get a little drunk and then I get a drug and it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do it. I'm drunk. I My inhibitions are off. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with cocaine. And then all of a sudden, here comes crystal meth. And then I fell in love with crystal meth. And then came bath salt. And it was like every time a new drug got introduced to me, it became the new love of my life. And so an extreme. Like, I don't... I'm an addict. I don't do anything, just a little bit. If I do a little bit of meth, there's three years till I go to till I quit. And I do a little bit of bath oh, salt. And seven years later, it's like, oh my goodness, what just happened? Like, I have children. What what did I just do to myself? Wow. Um, and alcohol has been been the reason behind it every single time. Right. So I've tried. You know, I, I have such a long story of homelessness and being in New York with a backpack and a and choosing cocaine over everything to being in Utah with a backpack because meth and bath salt were, I don't want to say more important, but the obsession was just so strong Mm -hmm. that I chose drugs, no matter what the situation was over my whole entire family, every single time it didn't matter, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it sucks for me because a relapse to me doesn't end. And I've had quite a few, um, this is the first time I've ever had this length of sobriety. And so that's how long have I finally sober started now?
1: realizing. Huh? How long have you been sober now? I'll be six years in July. Six years. Look at um, you. Oh, and the reason I'm able to
0: do that. Thank you. That's amazing. I learned that I can't cheat. You right. know, I'm always trying to cheat. Yep. I'm always trying to have that drink. And what if I just take some Adderall instead of meth?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, the easier, <laughs> the softer way. Yep. My way mm-hmm.
0: It puts me back to I don't quit until I'm in jail and and i'm just not strong enough and and maybe saying strong enough is is shaming in a way to some people but i don't know how to quit my my disease is so freaking powerful that i cannot quit unless i go to jail right i try i get it you know it, you know and it's so i've got a long long history again back to teenage runaway been doing rehab since I was 15 years old, mm. been doing the program since since a very young age. Um, and I just kept trying to cheat the system. And alcohol for me was what brought me back every time. Like to those people who could drink and have a drink once a year, like I tried that. Mm-mm. It just doesn't work for Mm-mm. me. Mm-mm. No, I really tried. Like yes. try- I've been trying since 2007 to figure out how I could be
1: off the drugs and still have a drink. Well, and and be normal and be normal, right? All we up or I can speak for, I can always obviously speak for myself. All I ever wanted to be was just normal. And, and my, my addiction thinking, you know, I go into the rooms of recovery hoping that they're going to train me how to drink properly. You know, you just, you just drink on these days or, or just, Mm -hmm. you know, wait until after five and then you can, you'll be, you know, I, 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 it was, I just wanted to be normal you know, and there's just no such a thing in my world. There's just, there's you know, no such thing. Yeah, you know, I get it.
0: Like, at work, they go out every once in a while for happy hour. And I'm just like, I go, I'll go with them because I, wa- I want to celebrate with my friends. And be a part of, yeah. Um, and I just laugh. And I'm like, how do you guys do that? And I let them know, since the very first day that I came here, I said, listen, I'm going to go with you guys. But if you ever see me ask for a drink. I'm going to shut the back door right now. If I have a drink, I promise you, when you guys go home to be normal, I'm going to another bar mm-hmm. and you won't see me for four days because I'm going to be fine. I'm going to find cocaine or meth. That's, that's just the way I drink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they're like, no, 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 we won't even go out with alcohol. And I'm like, don't stop your life. Right. I'm not going to go every weekend with you guys. But well, if we do once a quarter team building, I, I can go. But if I reach for even one beer or even an old duels, like, don't let me start my. But, but you know right? what?
1: That's wonderful that you did that, Rachel. I mean, because, you know, we're if, if you're working a program, it teaches you that you should be if you're doing the deal, you should be spiritually and mentally strong enough to be able to be in any situation. Right. But I but just like you, you know, I. that's why I, I just I have fallen in love with you because you, of, of you recovering out loud so that someone else doesn't have to have to suffer inside right so so just like with me and see with me I didn't know I was recovering out loud air quote right when I would you know within and even now 11 years later if you're are in my presence more than five minutes somehow you're going to know I'm an alcoholic and just and, and not that I make it a point to but that's just that's such a huge part of my life and who I am and I'm very grateful for that now but yeah. I, but initially I I would tell people so that they could help take care of me. Right. Yeah. So that, because I, I, I wasn't, I didn't know if I was strong enough to so that you know if we are out and just like you said if if something happens i need you to help take care of me and go what are you thinking you know or that's a really bad idea or something to try to help me stay on the rails when i didn't think i was strong enough to stay on the rails myself so yeah like just that i love that you i love that you're that open and 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 you're right we want everybody to be yourself you know if you go out and have two or three do don't change what you're doing because of because then that makes it weird, you know? Well, it does. Yeah. And then it's like, don't bring
0: Rachel around because I don't want to feel Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, don't
0: invite me. And then I'm feeling left out and yep. getting all in my feel bads. And, and there's my excuse to go Which and drink. a whole nother right? show.
1: <laughs> and I, I don't want to do that. I got to right. hold myself accountable, but I can have friends. But this is I don't this have is, to do it every weekend, right? But this is part of the education. This is why you have your your page, and this is why I have the the podcast and the page. It's it's like the only reason is to put the word out to people about this disease and 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 and, and it dispel these myths and bring this shit out into the light, you know, to to let people know so they're not fearful and they don't have to be weird about it, you know, because you're yeah. because even now, still, like I said, eleven years later, I don't get invited to the New Year's Eve parties, you know, or the It's just, you know, it's it's just by kind of default. If it has something to do with alcohol, you don't involve, you know, you know, don't invite the alcoholic, regardless of how, you know, long they've been sober or something like that. I don't know. So you know, like those
0: types of events, there's nothing worse than a room full of drunks and being the only sober that's one. True too. It's like, I want to go home. Like you don't love me. Stop hugging me. That's you know? right. and, and you know, and I, and I love that. And I appreciate my friends for understanding yeah. that too. Cause that's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned, you know, in order for me to get through the shame I had to hold myself, I had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the recovering out loud came from. So it was like, you know what? I was so sick for so long, I didn't know how to get help. And there was help. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know like it was that easy to to get on some kind of insurance, you know, that was affordable or looking for free programs. And, and in the beginning it was like, um, I'm not Those are all my dad's friends and they're just gonna go tell my dad. Um, I mean, those are excuses, right? I could find oh, any sure. excuse not to. Oh, be sure. <laughs> like yeah. My excuses kept me sick for a very long right. time. And, but because I was I was suffering in silence and pretending, I didn't know there was stuff out there. So now it's become really important to me to normalize recovery. Like half the people in the room are smoking pot, but the other halfs are in recovery. Like right. you say it, and it's like, oh my gosh,
1: you too? Right. Oh, no, now it can be friends. Isn't it amazing? Now you
0: silence either like right. let's relate let's talk about it at lunchtime mm-hmm. we don't let's go do something
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and not everybody wants their stuff to be out there and I get it some people really work in corporate America and that shame or stigma or keeping I mean I hope with like things like what you and I are doing that one day it will be okay right to say to say look to share your story publicly and not lose your job mm-hmm. but that's where normalizing recovery comes from right. and recovering out how to show you i would never i would look at you and never believe you had a problem mm-hmm. and to see where i was like this is what recovery looks like
1: absolutely you
0: know? absolutely Me and you.
1: absolutely yeah we got to keep talking we gotta keep talking. Yeah. Okay, so we sorry, I we I got off on got you off on a tangent. So we were in LA and mm-hmm. um where did things start going really bad?
0: Well so I was like able I well, I thought it was recreationally using and functioning, you know, going to work at coming home at four AM and going to work at five <laughs> five AM. Oh wow. And yeah. And that wasn't normal, but I, but I did function, but I think you could do that when you're 20.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. yeah. Do that. You can you function do that a lot more than when you're 53.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but weekends became very hardcore into ecstasy and that was my thing. And it went from, you know, one pill to 10 pills. And then it was starting to call out sick and going and changing jobs. And, um, you know, I was still semi-functioning when I lived in LA, and we had moved back to New York right after nine eleven. We decided it was time to go be where our family was because it was—I mean, my fa- my immediate family, most of us were in in LA, but we wanted to be with our bigger family because right. that was really scary.
1: Oh yeah, um, for sure. That
0: whole that whole thing, mm-hmm. and so we went back there, and I was changing careers and. I met this guy who was, you know, selling ecstasy pills. So it was perfect. And then I had all these great ideas. Like, why would I, why would I work when I could just sell drugs? You know, (laughs) that really awful, stupid thinking. I can make so much more money if I'm selling drugs, (laughs) but then you can't use But then I used them all (laughs) with everybody else for free. And and the cycle was just awful. Um, And I met a guy and I later married him and he didn't understand. The disease, and he still to this day doesn't because he can go out to the bar and have one whiskey and not even finish it. Um, and he could go and take, let's say, an ecstasy pill and cut it in four pieces and eat one piece and give the rest away. And I'm just like,
1: Who are you? Why
0: are you you giving that away? Like, (laughs) put it in here. Um, And so that was a hard, a hard marriage. You know, there was so much turmoil with that. And by the grace of God, you know, we had gotten married in 2005. I tried to, I tried to get better, but my addiction was really strong. And that caused every, to this day, like what our relationship had, had worked, had I not been a alcoholic, an alcoholic and addict, I don't know, yeah. um, but it destroyed everything. I got really lucky and I don't know why I got so fortunate, but I, In 2006, I became pregnant and I knew right then and there, it was like, you got to quit using, and I was hardcore into meth at this point. I mean, like on cocaine, you hate hearing the birds sing. On meth, the birds sound so pretty when you're laying in bed (laughs) trying to be asleep. It's like the weirdest thing. Um, I mean, I'm out leaving the house at 4 a.m. to go pick up everybody on their way to work
1: because it was like,
0: it was just wild. Yeah. Um, But by the grace of God, I was. I don't know what the right word is, but cause I don't want to say intelligent because it's not about intelligent, but I, but I was able to quit cold Turkey and I didn't pick up a drug for three years. Um, really? And that was my recovery. Yeah, I got real lucky. You so know, like I didn't you know see, if I was like
1: withdrawal it, or morning sickness. You feel like it was your, pre- uh, it was obviously the pregnancy or at least it appeared. pregnancy it
0: was, it, saved the, my life then. So it
1: was for the love of the yeah. child that. Well, it was. Yeah, that l- sustained you for a minute. Yeah. I know, but still <laughs> that's so powerful though. I mean well, uh, and it was golly, yeah. Man.
0: And I had two kids back to back. So my kids were born literally back to back, 18 months apart, like April eighth, October eighth. Oh wow. I was that mom who breastfed until the very last minute because I knew as long as I was breastfeeding, I couldn't really drink and I couldn't um drink on weekends but but the baby was more important mm-hmm. um and the feeding and that was my reason one breastfeeding's good two um the longer the better not till five years old but i did the full i don't even remember what it is now but mm-hmm. i had the other baby right back to back i think 18 months or two years old is when you quit um and so for that three-year period i was able to abstain from drugs and and i think i smoked them i don't even remember it's so long ago now um, but as they always say, <laughs> when you're not doing it for yourself, as soon as that reason's over, yeah. guess what happens? Oh, wow. And here goes Rachel, you know, back on. I got this really great idea. I'll just take Adderall. Well, <laughs> Adderall, let me tell you, I had with me an Adderall after two months. Um, I'm a very good manipulator. So I manipulated my doctor into really high doses multiple times a day that would last, you know, in the beginning it lasted. You know for like the month mm-hmm. but eventually my really large doses three times a day were now gone in a week and oh, wow. what happens you know when your pills are gone and right back on to to the thing and so from 2007 somebody said and you probably will relate to this someone called me yesterday and it was like you know not everybody's like you this gets me so irritated um, not everybody's like you that can do recovery so well and 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 be abstinent and function. And I was like, let me rephrase you because you don't know me. From 2007 until 2017, I tried to stay sober. I struggled just as much as you did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in and out of jail. I left my family. I chose the drugs over my kids. I wasn't abstinent and sober this long because I just woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to quit using. It took me 10 years to finally get recovery right. And that's because I stopped trying to cheat and I worked a program. And finally, after like the twenty seven hundredth jail stay and being homeless, and you know, cause I could get three months here or a week there or nine months. Oh, a Cardinal, I can't see it. Oh,
1: see look them? at that. Oh, that be- for those of you listening, a beautiful Cardinal and- just landed on her window. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Get
0: the window in here. Um, <laughs> But it was years of trying to do it my way and it didn't work. So eventually it was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And why is this always work not working? And it was me. Well, and girl, was, you just
1: yeah you was, yeah you just don't li- don't listen to people like that. I mean, it's one of those things that when you and I I, I remember too. I mean, it that is that is just a di- a, dif- a deflection onto you. You know, the fact of the matter is, you're not on your on your page. Going, look at me, look what I did. Look at me. You're on your page. Going, this is where I was, dude. And and there is a solution. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about a solution. It, it, you're not that- you, you you. I have not witnessed you in way making recovery about you because we know left to our own devices we would be right back where we left off you know but but yeah. the fact of the matter is is if you have not entered into recovery yet that means you've not had enough sorry there's no way to decorate that pretty the fact of the matter is is you've not had enough and it takes what it takes and that's the scariest part about this Fucking disease. Sorry, but I've had a shit week with... Uh, I know. That is the scary part, you know. It's it's like, what's it going to take? And I have fam- family members of, of, of people that I know all the time going, you know, what's it going to take? Her, you know, killing someone in a car wreck? Maybe... I don't know. That's the scary part, and and what's even scarier is she could kill someone else in a car wreck and still not stop. It just it's yeah. one of those things where you know you, you know showing a family member you need to go to another different program and learn how to take care of yourself. But yeah, that's just a deflection of someone who's not ready for recovery yet to to you know yeah. try to poop on yours, and uh, we're not going to yeah, allow like, that. Mm-mm, we're not going to allow yeah. that.
0: Like I I fought yep. for what I have. You're today, damn right, and that's why I have you know almost six years because I, because I fought for it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy.
1: Mm-hmm. If,
0: if, if, recovering was easy, nobody'd have an addiction Well, problem. you'd
1: have done it a shit long, done it long time ago. B- yeah. Before you, yeah. Before now you'd have done it before six years ago. If it was that simple. Yeah. yeah you know, that's ridiculous. I would have done it when I was 15, not when Mm-mm. I was 37. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. But, so you had your two so babies and then you were back mm-hmm. off to the races.
0: Oh, back way back off. I mean, so back off. It was, it was hurtful, and 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 I've come to—I don't know what the right word is, but I've but I've stopped. Well, I guess I worked a program. I stopped blaming everybody else because mm-hmm. it was awful. So you were know, you still
1: you were still I, married
0: at the time? Yeah, I end I stayed married until 2015. Okay. Um, on my last ultimate like crazy bender, um, and we were married for 10 years. We lived a great. We had a fun life. I mean, we lived in Brazil. We did all this traveling, but but it was just fighting and fighting and fighting. Cause of me half mm-hmm. the time, fighting. Cause I was, you know, I bought a box of, a five gallon box of wine that I was going to have one glass of wine every night for dinner, and well, by day two the whole box was gone. Right. So there, I wasn't a it was paying the ass. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> I, was I just get a it.
0: Nasty, awful drunk. I get um, it. And on a mission, trying to do other things mm-hmm. like. So we divorced in 2015. and now finally my ex-husband and I are friends again. Oh, that's you know, good. we just took my this was beautiful. we my oldest turned 16 last April, and we did a family vacation, which I was like, ooh, this could be scary. I don't want to teach the kids like I don't want anybody to have expectations right but We're all on the same page. Um and we went to the Gulf Shores of Alabama oh. and did surprise party for her she had no idea she just showed up and we got in the car and and we drove and you know and we're friends today but we've both forgiven each other um for what each of us did and i stopped blaming my kid's dad for all my problems because i blamed him and my dad (laughs) for years sure and finally i had to realize like i was my own problem Mm -hmm. so take me to that date so what is your date uh, July thirtieth of twenty seventeen. Okay, so take,
1: take um, me there. Awesome.
0: Take me there. Yeah, so I was fully a hundred percent homeless, going to see my kids. Like I completely deserted my children. And and this is the big part. I usually cry. Um, and I may at this point, you know, I chose the drugs over my kids, and I love when I tell you I loved my kids, you're are you a mom? Of five. So you know yeah, when all that little perfect thing comes Mm -hmm. I loved them and I worked so hard those first three years to be mom of the year and do everything for them and you know and I and I was okay for the first couple maybe till like I don't know five or six I, I can't even remember I was because now it's been so long I've been sober but I was an okay mom like I worked and we did birthday parties and until the meth came in and then once meth gets in my world I go straight homeless because Mm -hmm. everything else just seems so much better. Um, I'd miss birthdays at this point, missed, you know, my kids' baptism. You know, I was going to come, but Tweaker had my car, (laughs) you know, and they stole my car. So just all this junk. Um, It was, I was really tired that week and I'll never forget it. It was Utah. It was summer. It was so hot. I'm in sweat. I'm in the same clothes for four days. My friends who I thought were my friends just rummaged through all my stuff and stole everything. I'm walking around with backpack with like a backpack and two suitcases because that's my whole life. Um, and I'll never forget. I called and I was like, I really want to come see the girls, ask my kids' dad, will you pick me up? I can't get on the train with these suitcases and get to the house. And he's like, dude, screw you, figure it out. If you want to see them, like literally, like, screw you. F you, Rachel. If you want to see them, you're not gonna show up. If you want to come figure it out, stop asking me for help. And I just thought that was so hurtful poor me. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) After
0: all the crap I've done, Mm -hmm. it's like, how dare you talk to me like that? I asked my parents to pick me up and they were sick of my shit. Um, and they wouldn't come. So I did eventually make it. At that point, I'd been searching for drugs for probably 24 hours. I mean, my friend, I had to see her off. She was on heroin. Opiates were never my thing. Praise the Lord. God knew that that was going to kill me it and he it, knew yeah. I had this purpose here mm-hmm. so I tried them I just didn't love them like I loved meth and coke um so she's nodding out at the at the at the train station and I'm like I can't leave her where something happens so I finally get her on her way and I go to see my kids um and I was there it, it's awful I'll have to send you a picture of it um I went, I'm, I'm withdrawing from being up for two and a half weeks with all my cocktails that I'm having. I sit on my mom's couch and I'm so happy to see my kids. Normally, I only get there for about an hour or two. And then it's like, I just had to leave. Right. But at that point, it was like, dude, Rachel, you got to do something different. I was sick and tired of, of being sick and tired and sick and tired of the lies and the cheating and the, everything. Just It was just so awful because I've always had a good heart. You know, even in, re- even in my darkest days, I was still trying to help everybody. Sure, My help was wrong. My help was, let me buy a whole bunch of dope and then we can get high for cheaper. But I thought that was me helping. <laughs> right. You know, that was me and my, my helping thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always trying to help somebody in some way. And just they, the streets, t- they, they ate me up because I was so nice. Um. So I got to my mom's house and I slept on the couch in the same corner for three days. I remember feeling my little girl on top of me. I think she was like nine. So happy that I was there. Oh, wow. Um, just grateful that I was there and I stayed, you know, and they didn't care how they had me. And so to this day, I don't know if my mom's the one who called the cops or not. Um, I remember getting to her house and saying, look, mom, it's the weekend warrants. I got a bunch of warrants. If the cops come and my mom's super Christian, right? Like doesn't go to the jail, doesn't want the conflict, won't answer phone calls, like doesn't lie, never heard a fly in her life. <laughs> doesn't say curse words. I mean, church every Sunday, scripture study every day. And I'm bringing this chaos to her house mm. um, all the time. Whether I'm coming in black and blue from a fight or whatever, I'm just awful. So I tell her if the cops come, don't answer. <laughs> to me, that was logical, and she's just like, "Why would the cops be coming? What did you do now?" Um, remind me to get back to Mother's Day too, because Mother's Day is very important to me now, um, because I because I'm present for them.
1: Oh sure. Um,
0: the cops came. My mom has pictures of the kids actually sitting on me and how. You know, she took the pictures probably to send to my family members just because it was so awful. Um, It's so awful because that's who I was, Mm -hmm. right? My kids sitting on top of me to play with me while I'm passed out withdrawing for three days. That's the mom they knew. And that was the only mom they ever got. I didn't come for fun things. By the time I finally got there, it was me passed out on the couch and Mm -hmm. them sitting there hugging me lifeless um it's just who i was and i didn't even know they were doing that because i woke up two days later and didn't even know two days had passed it seemed like five minutes um so i don't know to this day if my mom called the cops or if they randomly just showed up i'll never forget the hearing i still have ptsd from hearing the doorbell and it's a weird PTSD, but but the doorbell still scares me. I'm still wondering if it's the police coming, and it's been six years. Mm. Um, and I hear my youngest, oh god, just, yeah, mommy, you want mommy? Yes, mommy's here. Oh. I'll go get her. And I was just like, oh my gosh, dude, who's here? I'm thinking it's the missionaries from church or something. Right? She's like, don't bring him in. And I opened my eyes and I could barely open my eyes. And I see it's five police officers coming in. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, why? And it was a whole thing for my family. Um, I mean, somehow my kid's dad, he always knew when to show up. Like, how did he know to show up when I'm getting arrested? So like, I don't know. He had tabs on me because he was always there during the, I don't even know. Maybe my mom called. I don't even ask her because it just doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: matter. Uh, You're right.
0: Finally saved my life. For some reason, that day with the cop with the girl, and the cops were really cool. They didn't handcuff me in front of my kids. They took me around the corner. My kids' dad got the kids in the car. They drove off. Um, and I knew right then it was really funny because I told the cop, whatever. Now I didn't have any intentions behind. I wanted him to send me to rehab, right? (laughs) I'm like, listen, guy. What can we do? I'll do anything. And he's like, Oh, honey, we don't do that. I don't do those kind of things. And I'm like, What are you talking about? Those kind of things. Like, what do you mean? I want to go to rehab. He's like, Oh, I thought you meant something
1: else. Oh, my God. I, think he
0: thought I meant to, wanted to give him sexual favors or to not send me to jail. And, and thank God that's not a part of my story either. I got a whole lot of stories, but because of all the treatment and growing up in church, I, I was able to keep some morals. Um, and and trauma also. Like I didn't really want anybody touching me. Like if if I have to touch you for drugs, like let's just not do anything.
1: Right. So um, what we what were they there? What did, so what were the cops there for? What was the charges?
0: Warrant. It was a, they said it was a it was a warrant. They, it was the warrant squad and I had three open warrants um for a lot of heavy stuff that I some of them I should be in federal federal prison oh, for. Wow. Um and they came as a supposed you know, and this is divine intervention. Maybe it really was them coming. Um, I didn't lived in my parents' house for three years. For them to show up on a Saturday it's crazy. um, or a Sunday, whatever it was, just seemed weird. Mm-hmm. But I guess I knew that was going to happen. I guess I had intuition because it wasn't normal for me to tell my mom if the cops come. Don't answer the but door. My yeah. pure. I really did want to get sober that weekend. Now, would I have gotten sober if the cops didn't come? Probably not. I probably wouldn't have lasted a week because, you know, when you first get sober, a week seems like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they did. And they took me for 30 days. Um, I went into between two different jails and I walked out of jail. I think it was September 1st or August 1st. I don't even remember if July. Yeah, it had to be September 1st because July 30th. I walked out September 1st, you know, for the first time ever, my mom put money on my books. I I really surrendered, and I understood during that last jail stay what it meant to surrender and give my life to God, to higher power. You know, mine is God. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the Bible. I just stayed in the Bible. I only called my mom. She put 10 bucks every week on my commissary, which was so rare, so I got my honey buns and my coffee, um, and and that's when I knew everything was different. But God told my mom, you know, this is the time. Like, let her come home she's gonna do it my dad was like absolutely not my best friend was like ellis are you crazy like she's proven she can't do this this is no different than the last time right. she was in jail she's get out. it's gonna be the same thing and thank you jesus it wasn't um finally my kids being involved kids my i feel lucky my kids didn't see me high very often because i just never came home right that's not lucky they, I didn't cause the wreckage because I just never came home. Mm-hmm. So there, so there's trauma, but A at different least it's kind. not trauma. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: different, you know, they didn't see me shooting up. They didn't see me smoking, smoking, whatever they, they saw me drink, but. You know, so I felt lucky, but that was it. And that was the beginning of, of this journey where I finally realized if I, what did, what have I been doing that hasn't been working? And I had to do every single thing different. I had to do it all different because my way wasn't working. And so what was it? Was it going to meetings that I never went to? Probably. Was it, you know, being humble and start working some steps? Probably. You know, was it getting uncomfortable? People, places and things was my biggest vice. I always thought I could go hang out with my friends and watch them get high and me not. Mm -mm. So all I did was when they got out of the room, I just snuck a little bit of what they had Mm -hmm. so they could still be proud of me because there's still shame. You know, even shame with those guys. They were so happy I was sober and proud of me. I just, it was just crazy. And so that was, that's when the real journey began for me. When they say you can't get high for other people, my story testifies to that. Because I got sober for my children and for breastfeeding, right? And as soon as I quit breastfeeding, all of a sudden, here we are back to ground zero. And I was on the fighting, fighting the battles for for a really long time. Gosh, seems like an
1: eternity but now it seems like an eternity of so many wonderful I things. I know, right. Well, and that's one thing too that that we've talked about several times on the show, the difference between um sobriety and recovery, right? To to for to be sober, you know, my my dad um quit drinking um when I was a very at a very young age and um never worked a program and he was one of the most miserable um, discontented, ir- irritable people you would ever meet. My entire life, he he died that way, you know. And so, so to be sober, to not drink, I can't, I can't imagine taking. Cause because al- alcohol was my solution, right? That that was my solution you, to everything if you take the alcohol away shit what am i left with i'm left with me which i, I tried to kill me so so mm-hmm. you take my you take my, so i can i could be sober and not drink but then what you know so that's where recovery purpose driven recovery you know not you know um, purpose driven sobriety is recovery You know, um, so, so yeah, I love how you put that because there's such a difference between being sober while you were doing, you know, taking care of your babies and, 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 and what have you to recovery that you're in now. Yeah. Recovery like oozes on everybody else around you too. It's beautiful that way.
0: Yeah. And now I lived this amazing life. Like every single day I've had in the last six years. So many amazing, beautiful, wonderful situations. Like, I barely graduated high school, and the only reason I'm a high school graduate is because I was in rehab and they had homeschool, or I never would have graduated, you know? And so, during my recovery, I've done like here, let's talk like the real joys of recovery. Cause it, there's so many mm-hmm. wonderful, like I smile, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm happy. I wake up every freaking morning and I love life. Like it's, it's almost disgusting how happy I am, I but that's it. cause like, I, I'm not homeless. I should be in federal prison and God didn't have that in my story, you know, because I should have been there and somehow magically these things disappeared in my life. Um, I created a nonprofit, which did so great. And I left all that behind when I came here. And that's okay. Um, I've gone to school to be a health coach. I have now I'm a certified peer recovery coach. And I've done that for years too. And everything in my life is all about being of service um, and giving back and helping another addict. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody doesn't have to do that. But I'm like, I've just been born a helper that so might as well help the people right. <laughs> that that need it, that are just like me. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, I show up for everything. Just two weeks ago, I made this silly post because I always feel weird when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I took my kid to get her driver's license. Well, that's normal. Well, actually, it's not normal for someone like me. Right. You know what I
1: mean? Right. I didn't show up for shit. Yes. And I got to
0: own that. Yes. You know, so other people. Can know so like if you're a normie and you think well why wouldn't you well let me tell you my story sis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my kid this year to get her driver's license well her permit I got to take my kid to go get an eighty dollar haircut which is ridiculous but she's worth it and because I work hard yep. I can take her right um to go do those things and like the, and I see smiles and joys and and they think I'm the best mom in the whole entire world now and thank God they don't remember i didn't cause too much pain and ruckus um back then to where where they don't want to know who i am Mm -hmm. but i do all these great things now like they they trust me with their with their friends which is huge you know
1: because they're not embarrassed yeah Yeah. to not be to to be too embarrassed to bring friends around or yeah golly that's mm, yeah yeah that's amazing you know like
0: we go on family vacations that I can, that I pay for off of working hard 40 hour weeks, mm-hmm. you know, not, we had a birthday party once that I had the money for a birthday party. And then some great, great idea I had on the way to the birthday party, I was going to spend the birthday money on a whole bunch of drugs. Cause then I just sell the drugs during the party and then the party was over and I got robbed. <laughs> and
1: oh so it gosh. was
0: like, How am I supposed to tell my kid's dad that I can't pay for it? Like the party's over and, and I still got robbed. Right. I mean, like, those were the things I did and my whole family they hated me they hated
1: addict Rachel right of course they hate well and that's the difference too and and you know when I had a a friend relapse this past week and and she was suicidal it's like the rage that I felt for this disease I love her with every ounce of my being but I wanted to choke the living shit out of her and get that disease you know it's like the disease it's just oh yeah hate the disease not the person and and that's where a lot of people hopefully you know if you are a family member with with someone that's in active addiction please seek you know al-anon or or some other program to learn how to take care of yourself because you know when when you can you know it's not a it's not an excuse when you learn about addiction you know it's not an excuse for for your loved one addict but it's an explanation and when you can learn to take care of yourself i mean your life is going to change too so you've got to you really you owe it to yourself to to do that but but seeing past the disease to the person you know is really really hard for family members
0: yeah yeah i was a mess and now they love me like I'm invited to everything there's not one function it is like every function I'm invited to and it's beautiful like my cousin they asked me to come see them over the over holidays and you know recovery and addiction don't discriminate in my family My awesome, amazing cousin is about to have her doctorate. She's 10 years sober. Mm. Um, I mean, like, there's so many cool stories of how now we've all grown and, and others have died from the disease and it's really sad, but... Like recover, I just love. I could talk for hours on why oh,
1: recovery
0: she is just so amazing.
1: And then you want to choke your friends
0: because it's like get it
1: together, right? But the, um, isn't that funny how that works too? Because because you know, and being able to, it 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 is bizarre how it works. Because you just you're right. You look at them and you're like, what is wrong with you? You know, can't you see how? But then in an instant, for me, I can go back to March fourteenth, two thousand twelve, and I can remember. I can remember that feeling of being lost and desperate and without hope. You know, yeah. and that's where you can look at that person and just be reminded that I'm going to be here, hope, you know, hopefully God will and I'll be here in in but program of recovery will be here when you're ready. When you're ready, when you've had enough, you know. Yeah.
0: You know, I just heard a girl getting high in the bathroom right before this. It was so funny. I'm like, why did this just happen? Mm. You know, I I see something weird as I'm walking in the bathroom, but I'm like, I got to hurry and pee and come into here so I can get these all done. And I hear a, and I'm like, Oh Jesus, you know, maybe. And it just broke my heart because you know, (laughs) because you blow in your nose, you know? And, and it just, it reminded me of, you know, that was me for a long time. I was that person, whether no matter what. So now I'm like, oh gosh, how many people heard me choking in the bathroom mm-hmm. and knew, mm-hmm. you know? And I debated, do I even say something now? Like, am I supposed to, you know? And and that's something I'll pray on. But but it's just so real, you know. I work in a government building, and you know, addiction does not discriminate At against all. any single person. Um, and I was reminded that just before either on how it's literally right in front of our faces every day. And sometimes you don't even know it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, sad. And then I'm, and then I count my blessings every day. And I think that's the most important thing that I've learned in recovery is gratitude. Um, every single day that I don't miss a minute a day where where I'm literally thankful. I'll put hands on something and just be like, thank you, God, for touch. Thank you for the green sky or the white brick walls. I can see, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't start, there's not a day that goes by that I don't, I have to start my day with gratitude because I was in a jail cell for a long time. Um, Here's a really cool story. Mother's Day. I missed so many Mother's Days. You know, it's awful. I was literally calling my kids, wanting them to tell me happy Mother's Day to the mom who hadn't been around for four months. But here I am calling, add money to the phone. See, so I mean, nobody ever answered the phone. If they did answer, I'm just like trying to Hoping they would say happy Mother's Day. Why I felt so entitled for them to say it. I don't even know. Yeah,
1: you needed um, that. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and they were crying. Um, I was crying. I couldn't even like sobbing, ridiculous, hyperventilating. Like, <laughs> I love you. You know, like that was probably more traumatizing than anything. Because mm-hmm. they knew where I was calling from. I Actually, I don't know if they did. And now this is going to be my sixth Mother's Day in a row. Where I'm not... Not, I'm not calling them from a jail cell. Like that mom, because it was like four or five years in a row, that for whatever reason, I always got arrested in May. I don't know why. <laughs> and right before, within a week or two before Mother's Day, and I still don't understand why God, oh my why God was like, that was a part of the plan. But I felt that pain. And I usually went out and got high right after. Um, but that last time I didn't. And, and I was in jail, you know, of 2017 that May on some, like, 45 charges. Like, it was just ridiculous. Oh, wow. Um, and I'd gotten out, and I thought it was going to be sober, and then it didn't work. And then here we are again back in July. Um but now, like, these are, like, when I say there's joy in recovery, like, I'm present. I am there. I get to experience and touch and feel. And, you know, my kids This were like, should we make you breakfast in bed? And I'm like, I deserve that, actually. I deserve it. Like, I actually do right. deserve breakfast in right? bed on Mother's Day. That's right. Before, I didn't deserve a phone call. I, I didn't deserve you to even answer the phone. Um. And so those are, like, real simple little joys, like a normal mom normie why wouldn't you have that but Mm -hmm. i wasn't normal i was Mm -hmm. awful like i was i was shit and and today i'm not and those are like the real blessings of recovery for me
1: well you're right you're right yeah well and gratitude i I love how you put that i mean you can't you know what i came to realize it in because that's you know my my sponsor anytime i you know you you get into your own head and just you know you you gotta call her and she'd go okay three things you're grateful for and she, you know you I mean I, I can remember sitting there going okay um let me think uh let me, I couldn't even come are you she's and she would go Christine um how about air and I was like oh shit yeah no air's a good thing I'm, I'm glad I have air you know so but it, but you know what though it, when at least for me in the throes of addiction I didn't know how to be grateful i And and you might, that may sound really stupid and weird, but it was a fact. I didn't know how, and you don't know what you don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, you just, you, I didn't know how to be grateful. And and then she would go, okay, um, h- how about, um, you know, do you have carpet or, you know, take your feet, fi- take your shoes. And she would pull me into the moment. She'd say, take, you know, live where your feet are. That's one of my favorite recovery sayings. Live where your feet are. And I never knew what that meant. And she said, take your shoes off. And I'll I'll do this with sponsors these days, especially if they get in a storm. Take your shoes off. Put your feet on. What do you feel? You know, is it, it grounded, is it cold? Yeah. Is it this? This is where, come back, come back, come back, get back here from the past. No, no, not in the future. No, no, come back here where your feet are. What are you grateful for right now? And you know what? It's impossible, impossible to feel any negative emotion and gratitude at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. So if you're feeling fearful, resentful, angry, bleh, 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 any of those shit emotions, you put yourself in gratitude. And those just ought auto- gratitude walks in the front door. All the shit walks out the back door, you know, and it's at least you have think. a Yeah, at least then you have a fighting chance to get your mind right and do something productive, preferably for someone yeah. else. You know, I
0: just told my kids literally, because we're we're going through construction and renovating in the house, and so it's like no power and we have no kitchen and like, what a blessing. Nice lanterns to take sh- it is, yes. but it's 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 a lot stressful. But and a so I've I've snapped a few times and, and I've been I've you know held myself accountable and apologized and no excuse, but whatever. And I told them the other day, I said, Listen, when I get like that, I need you guys to tell me. Mom, I think it's time for you to tell us a couple things you're grateful for because you guys got to pull me out See? of that, huh?
1: Yes. And
0: I explained to them, I'm like, listen, whenever you're in a bad mood, if you say five things you're grateful for, you can't be mad anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, some weird thing just happened. It's magic. And all of a sudden, it's like, it, it's the mo- it really is. Like, it's so, I loved how you just said that because I'm like, I live that. Like, I know what
1: that feeling but is. But what, it, but can we just take a moment? just just oh see i just got chills thank you god for that just take a moment and i want you to future trip with the kids the thing that that nugget of information that nugget of just wealth that you blessed them with that when they're you know when they're in you know two years down the road and they're about to get into a situation and they're feeling fearful and and i think okay gratitude and i mean it just you 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 just have no idea how far reaching that simple, but so valuable lesson will oh, carry I'm- with them, not to mention who they're going to share it with, you know, in future. It just, that's what recovery is. That's what, that's what I was talking about when, you know, Rick and I, my husband and I were talking about that last night, how he came into recovery with me, you know, and, and my friend that she's got a, a fiance that that relapsed. and And I said to him the other day, I said, here, here's the deal. If, if y'all are gonna, if you're gonna stay in this thing, you have to come into our world. We, we as addicts, we can't go into a normal person's world. We'll die we'll die. Mm -hmm. I, but, and, but the beautiful thing about it, because Rick just, he's a normie. He loves recovery though. He loves the steps. He's like, man, this shit ought to be taught in high school. You know, Mm -hmm. where were you wrong? And, 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 you know, what was your part in this? And that's just, that's just stuff that helps you live a productive, decent life, you know? And so, but, but then, you know, I'll have one of my kids, you know, um, uh, Uh, you know, program me, as I say, you know, they'll say something to me that I would have said to them. And it's like, don't you give me my shit back, you know, but but it's just beautiful how how just far reaching and just a beautiful spider web this recovery is. And it gets on the people that are around you all the way down to the the clerk that's the jerk, you know, that that and and, you know, my human nature would be to you know, you are here to serve me. And you, you know, but instead going, how's your day going? What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 just see the 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 picture of their face just change when they think that someone gives an actual shit about what their day is. You mm-hmm. know, it's just amazing what reco- recovery is not just not using. It's so, it's so much, much bigger. bigger than that. It's so, it's so beautiful, and I, mm-hmm. I I just I think that you are fucking amazing. I just want you to know that I know that we do not know each other, but girl, we are soul sisters. And and I have I, I am so I'm not ain't your mama, but I'm so proud of you and what Thank you are you. doing for others. You are carrying the message in grand style, and and you know I just I hope that I live on the same street as you in heaven, um, because um, you you are just girl, you're just building up a, a kingdom that with you just you'll never know and that's kind of the cool part about it you'll never know how far reaching your efforts are are going to go you just never know so you just keep doing that next right thing and trying to save the one you know um trying to help save the one that still suffers and just be the hand all you can do is be the hand you can't make them take the hand you can't make them walk with you you just have to be able to extend that hand and it I just love it and it's just it's just beautiful
0: thank you I love what you're doing like this is amazing I think the most amazing part is you saying I just Got out of my own way and told God take the wheel and let's do it. And I admire that. Like that's something I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, soul sisters, <laughs> because we're on this weird same journey together of just God. He's got a plan, and isn't it? Yeah, and it's
1: it, it, and it never it just never ceases to amaze me. And I don't ever want it to stop amazin'g me. I don't ever want to <laughs> stop being in awe that I'm not that I'm not dead first and foremost, or I don't want to ever lose that part, but, but it just still, it just amazes me that if I just simply step out of the way, how beautiful things turn out when I'm not trying to control them. Right. It's
0: amazing.
1: Isn't it Hard amazing? Isn't beautiful amazing? to see. Well, I love your heart and um, you. remind everybody where they can find you if they want to connect addicts
0: with purpose on Facebook
1: addicts I have an Instagram I have a TikTok but I don't know how to really use all those so Facebook you can find it. if you find a good lesson if, uh, share it with me because yeah I'll, I don't show, know, I'll send I don't, it your way <laughs> I don't know how to do all the things someone said yo you need to be on TikTok and I thought oh my lord if I had <laughs> you know I'm a mortgage banker here here in Waco Texas and so I, I have like yeah. a day job that I I and so trying to do this and trying to learn something else it's like okay ugh. and that's where you just like I'll get out of the way in what's meant for me to do god will place right in front of me and it will be beautiful so anyway thank you so much for being on purpose-driven sobriety um god bless you and i'll i'll talk to you soon
0: awesome thank you have a good day good deal sister thank you
1: thanks for listening to purpose-driven sobriety keep coming back